bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's word. On the 6th of March, 1957, just at the stroke of midnight when we entered the 6th of March, our first Prime Minister then, uh, President Nkrumah, made the Declaration of Independence and he ended his speech with three words repeated, freedom, freedom, freedom. Today I'm speaking on freedom. Freedom is a very powerful word. It is a word that inspires hope. It inspires courage. It inspires hope in those who seek for it. It inspires fear in those who want to keep it from people. For the sake of freedom, children rebel against their parents, subordinates resist their superiors, Citizens rise in mutiny against president. Nations go to war against each other. And in the last few weeks, we've seen the power of freedom working in North Africa and parts of the Middle East. And uh, such a forceful demonstration from people and against regimes that everybody thought were totally impregnable. Freedom such power. But I'm not going to talk about political freedom. I'm talking about freedom in Christ. What does freedom mean to us as Christians? What are we free to become? What are we free to do? And so we're going to look at the subject of freedom relating to our walk with God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6 verse 16 to verse number 18. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 to verse number 18. And let's hear the reading of God's word. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. It's a very interesting passage of scripture discussing two opposite concepts. The first concept is a concept of freedom. And uh, so you see that there are two kinds of people described there. The first is the free. In the Greek language, the word free is eleuthero, eleuthero. It means not to be under control or the power of another 
or not to be under bondage to another person. To be free means that nobody controls you. You are not under bondage to somebody else. In the days of Jesus, a free person was also a citizen. In those days, you could not be a citizen of a nation if you were not a free person. So citizenship was only conferred on those who were free. And a person who was a citizen could not be compelled to do something against his will. You remember when Paul in the book of Acts of the Apostles was arrested by the Romans and they were about to whip him and he said, is it right for you to whip me being a citizen of Rome? And, uh, and, and that stopped the whole punishment that was going to be uh, applied against him. He invoked his citizenship as a free person. The general thing in those days was that the Jews were not free people. They were under bondage to Roman subjugation. But Paul was free. And because he was free, he couldn't be compelled. So the Bible talks about free, those who are not under bondage. Then the second concept it talks about is the slave. The slave. In the Greek, the slave is dulo or dulos, depending on the structure of the sentence. That means to bring under bondage. In the days of Jesus, a slave did not have citizenship rights. And although he lived in a country, he was not considered a part of the country. He had no rights of his own and could not claim any rights. So Paul is talking about free people who are not under bondage and he talks about slaves. But if you look at the argument that Paul is presenting, he says, although we are free in Christ, we are free from sin to become slaves of righteousness. So he talks about two kinds of slaves. The first kind of slave is the slave of sin. The slave of sin. And these are those who yield their thoughts, their words, and actions to Satan. They have obeyed the impulses of Satan. They either do it passively or sometimes they do it actively. But they have obeyed the enemy, the devil. The slave to sin is bound to act sinfully. Then he talks about the second kind of slave. He calls him the slave of righteousness. And these are not sinners. These are the redeemed. Those who submit their thoughts, their words, their actions to God. They consciously seek to please God. So, when you look through the Bible, or according to this passage, you are a slave, although you are free. You are either a slave of sin, or a slave of righteousness. The question I want to ask you is, what kind of slave are you? What kind of slave are you? Because there is nothing like absolute freedom. There is nothing like absolute freedom. When you become free, you become a slave. Is that not so? Like the 
young man who says to his parents, I want to be free. I want to be free. I'm leaving the house. I'm leaving home. I'm going to rent my own house and I'll be free. And you can't control me any longer. So he leaves the house. He has freedom. He rents a house and he becomes a slave to the landlord. So he was free from one thing, but enslaved into another. Or the person who says, the day I marry, freedom! And you and I who have been married knows there is no freedom in marriage. You are a slave. If you're a young lady and you think when you marry you'll be free, try it. You will work, you will work especially when you have a baby. You know, when a woman wants a baby, she wants to be free. People are criticizing me. I want my own child. And you have your child. And the child says, you won't sleep. So you become free from one thing, but a slave of another. So there is nothing like absolute freedom. You can get out of one situation, but you will be bound in another. The question is, what kind of bondage do you want to be under? What kind of slave do you want to be? A slave of sin or a slave of righteousness? Look at Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. When God spoke to Moses to to tell Israel or to tell Pharaoh about his intentions for Israel, he says, and the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. You know, many times when we quote that verse, we just say the first part. Let my people go. But that was not the full sentence. Let them go from Pharaoh so they can be under me. It's a transference of slavery. A change of masters. You are moving from Pharaoh so you can be under God. Because you cannot be free anywhere. You will be under somebody. But you have to make sure whoever you are under is the right person. Let my people go. You know, as I watch all that is going on in, the, in North Africa and the Middle East and much as I support the aspirations of the people of Egypt and, and the people of uh, uh, Tunisia and uh, good old Libya, you know, our Green Book brother. You know, much as I, I, I agree to the aspirations of the people, the people who are asking for freedom are going to be under another bondage. And sometimes the bondage you get under and the bondage you get into when you compare them, is the same bondage. <laughs> Sometimes it's even worse. So I pray that as they seek for freedom, they, w- they will really find a better bondage to serve under. A better bondage, a better Lord, a better system. Like the mother who says, I want to be free and has a child. And the child disturbs her and she can't sleep. Although her life is under bondage, it's a sweet bondage. It's a bondage in hope. 
it's, 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 it's a slavery that produces gratification to you. You are working for your child. You are waking up for your child. She doesn't make you sleep. He doesn't make you sleep. But you feel happy that you've brought this child to the world. And one day this child is going to grow to be something great. Like the person who marries. Yes, you marry. You are free from your parents' home. And you are now a bondage to your wife or to your husband. But it's a nice bondage. So, you know, at least this is not my enemy, hopefully. So, it's a good bondage. So, what kind of bondage are you going to be under? God says, let my people go from Pharaoh to me, to a new master. So, when God sets us free, he doesn't just set us free for us just to be free for ourselves. He sets us free so we can serve him. He sets us free from sin so we can serve him. God's freedom always has service related to it. When God heals you, he doesn't just heal you so you can just go and have fun. He heals you so you can serve him. He delivers you so you can serve him. He blesses you so you can serve him. Every freedom that God gives us is tied to service to him. So I'm going to talk about four kinds of freedoms and bondages. Four kinds of things God has freed us of and four kinds of things that he has put us under bondage to. When we become born again Christians, the first thing we experience is a change of lordship. A change of lordship. That is what God was telling Moses to tell Pharaoh. Let my people go that they may serve me. Pharaoh is the Lord, but Jehovah will be their Lord. So it's a change of lordship. From one Lord who is an oppressor to another one who is a liberator. We experience change of lordship. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 to 9 says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to know the verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. When we become Christians, we confess that Jesus is Lord. We change who our Lord is. We shift lordship. We are freed from Satan's rule, but we are submitted to the lordship of Christ. So it's not just freedom from Satan's rule alone, but you also come under the lordship of Christ. In Christ Jesus, we have a change of masters. The former master is gone, Satan is gone, but we have a new master. The former master is Satan. The new master is Jesus. When you are a sinner, Satan is your master. When you are a Christian, Jesus is your master. You are under bondage anyhow. But whom do you want to be your master? Do you want Satan as your Lord or Jesus as your Lord? It's a change of rulership. Change of master. And because you have shifted your lordship, 
you are not under Satan's control. And as a result, Satan cannot control you. He cannot dominate your life. In the days of Jesus, a Lord did not need the permission of his slave to act. He owned the slave and he owns, owned the property of the slave. He owned the children of the slave. As a matter of fact, if a man marries a woman and he is a slave, his wife is also owned by the master. You'd have no right when you are a slave. The master could beat his slave, enter his house, take anything he wanted, including his wife. In some places and under some conditions, he could even kill the slave and just pay a little fine. That is how it was when Satan was our Lord. He came into our lives without permission. He came to steal to kill and to destroy. Without your permission, he enters your life and he ransacks everything you have. When you are under Satan's authority, you have no right. He can enter your life at any time and do whatever he wants to do with your life. But then, a new Lord showed up. How did he become our Lord? He went to the marketplace where slaves were traded and he paid a higher price so that he could buy us from the slave market so we can be his property. And after he bought us, he became the new owner. There is a new Lord over your life. He is a Lord, but he's not like the previous Lord. What's the difference between slavery to Satan and slavery to God? One of the main differences between our new Lord and the old Lord is that where the old Lord he enters by force to take from those under him. Our new Lord never enters by force. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in. God cannot bless you by force. God cannot heal you by force. If you want him... You have to open your heart. You have to open your life. You have to give him access. He is a Lord, but he does not violate your will. He's not like Satan who violates your will and ransacks you at will. This new Lord, he needs your permission. And the reason why many times he's our Lord, but we don't experience his blessing is because we've shut the door. But when you open, he comes in. He's a gentle Lord. He's a gentleman. That's one big difference. The other difference is that this new Lord, when he comes, he takes the slaves and he also makes them lords. He takes the slaves and he makes them kings. So he's called the Lord of Lords. Not the Lord of slaves, but the Lord of Lords. Who are the other lords? The people he redeemed as slaves. He raised them to the position to also be lords. The people who were servants, he raises them to be kings. So he is the Lord of Lords. And the king of kings. He is very different from the old Lord. And because Jesus becomes our Lord, we refuse to take instruction from Satan. We take instruction only from Jesus Christ. When we do what he wants us to do and open the door of our lives to him, he takes us to places we never thought we would ever be. 
after people have served Satan for so long, they are sometimes so afraid to serve God. I remember when I was young, I, I had problem with this song, uh, the hymn, take, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. That's fine. But the part I didn't like is, take my hand, my legs. And I said, what is, if I say, God, take my hand, and then he cuts my hand. Take my leg. He breaks my leg. Because somehow I felt if you gave your life to God, he will mess you up. Because we have an idea of an old Lord who messes us up when we give our lives to him. This new Lord, when you give your heart to him, he doesn't crush it. When you give your hand to it, he doesn't break it. When you give your leg to it, he doesn't destroy it. When you give your marriage to it, he does, he, to him, he doesn't break it. When you give your life to him, he doesn't kill you. You have to know you are under a new Lord. And he is very different from the old Lord you used to be under. This is Jesus Christ, the new Lord of our lives. There is a change of lordship. Not only is there a change of lordship, but when you come into Christ, there is a change of your neighborhood. You move from your old neighborhood to a new neighborhood. There is a change of location. You are not just under a new Lord, but you moved location. You move citizenship. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. Says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We are freed from the attractions of this world and brought under God's dominion. We change territories. It's one thing. Changing lords. But another thing, changing location. It's like a woman who marries. You marry, you're supposed to be with your husband. But you stay with your father. So, you have two men in your life. Your father, and I, although they are not lords in that sense... Your father and your husband. Your father, your husband says, um, can we do this? Your husband says, uh, your father says, can we also do that? And many times the two may be opposing. So not only do you have a new Lord, you must move location. God did not just give us a new Lord. He changed our location. Look at how Colossians says it. He says... He transferred us or he delivered us. He carried us. He transported us from the kingdom of darkness, from the power of darkness. In other words, the moment we became Christians, Jesus took us from the home we were in, Satan's home, and he carried us and moved us to a new place and deposited us there. We don't belong to the kingdom. Not only have we a change of Lord, we have a change of environment, a change of neighborhood, a change of kingdom. He delivered us. He conveyed us. He lifted us from the old country and transported us into his kingdom. When we were in the kingdom of darkness, 
we lost our way. But in this new kingdom, we find our way. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otterbill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.